that team human. Welcome to the Just Say Fuck podcast. Oh, that's right. Sometimes <laughs> I have no, no clue. <laughs> we are not in our studio. Not today. We are not even in Utah. We are in Texas recording. It's just as flat as every other part of Texas, just in case you were wondering. No offense, Texans, but it's kind of fucking ugly here. Well, compared to like the rolling mountains of Utah. That's true. It's just very different. Yeah. So you can still love it. So my dad needed emergency surgery a couple weeks ago. So two weeks ago, he had a triple bypass. And in that process, they found some lung cancer. So I am down here doing a role reversal with my hero, my dad, taking care of him. He's kicking ass. He literally slayed heart surgery and he's about to slay lung cancer. And we're 75% sure he just slayed COVID too. So yeah. And inside of that, while you were here, you took a quick road trip down to talk to our guest on this podcast. Yes. One of the cool things about being here is it's afforded me the opportunity to record in person with one of my favorite humans. I explained it on the podcast, but I call her the rain man of like the work. She's like the rain man of the work and you'll see why. She can count the fucking toothpicks. Self-healing. She does so many things. It's hard to even explain them all in an introduction and I'm sure you'll go into them in the actual podcast, but I'm super stoked for everybody to meet the lovely Adrian Ellison mm-hmm. and listen to her as she really just talks through a lot of the stuff that we all want to dive into. She's the kind of person when I met her, I knew she was going to do cool shit. I met her three or four years ago and just knew that however she was going to take over the world, she was going to do it. And I am super grateful that we get to bring you some of her content without charging you to put it out there in the ether to better the collective. So we love you. We love you. Without further ado. Catch you on the other side. All right. Welcome to the Just Say Fuck podcast. I am here with a really rad guest today. I am here with Adrian Ellison. I call her the <laughs> rain man <laughs> of sort of the work or of self-help. She's also my mastermind coach. She's a friend that I've had for several years now. We're going on four years, maybe. And I'm excited to bring her to all of you today, especially via the medium of a podcast, because this girl, this is why I call her rain man. She works so quickly and spits out the most amazing truth and I wish I could rewind her in real life. There is no way to do that. There is no DVR in real life. So luckily with a podcast, we all have that ability and yeah, so all the gems she leaves us, we can rewind and listen to again. Yeah. Um, The only gem that I've left Jesse with this morning, (laughs) just to be really transparent about our day, is that... She has a nice little bruise and some road rash on her arm because I convinced her to take a little bike ride with me this morning to get coffee on my electric e-bike that sits too. And at one point when we were moving forward, I pressed the throttle without either one of us leaning forward and we popped a wheelie and we both flew off the bike and she caught me and the ground caught her. So maybe you could link a photo to For sure. the first gym that you were offered this morning. Right out of the gates. It better than I looked earlier. Right? It's looking a little sketchy. Yeah, luckily it wasn't a very busy intersection. There were only like a lot of cars a there. A lot of cars. <laughs> and a woman that said, I saw the whole thing. Are you okay? I got a little bit of road rash on my foot here, so. It's all right. You know, I needed some I needed some trauma to work through. So mm-hmm. thanks for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what? When she offered me an Uber and she was like, we're almost there, but I can get you an Uber if you're scared to get back on. We were like, no, we're going to face our fears and get back on. And we're going to finish this thing. And the biggest thing is to figure out why the fuck did we wreck? Like, <laughs> let's let's step away from the victimhood for a second and realize, like, 
the bike didn't wreck us. Okay, there was some there was some part of the forward momentum <laughs> that we didn't really get right, and I feel like that that was like a whole lesson for me this morning of like my whole journey with entrepreneurship and when I'm in momentum and when I'm not like fully confident of the fact that I am going to move forward. So I'm like ready to be in momentum. I press the throttle, but I'm kind of leaning back away from it. Like, I don't know if it's going to happen. And then I eat shit. (laughs) And I was like, wow, look at the lessons in this. That brings whole new meaning to lean in. And then every single time now, I'm like, Jesse, lean forward. You're like, I know, I've been leaning forward. I got you. I'm permanently leaned forward from this experience. (laughs) Yeah. Be ready, people. When you press the throttle, lean into it. You've got to commit. That's exactly right. Or you'll end up catching your friend and the ground will catch you and you'll have some trauma. Yeah. All right. So this is kind of unstructured. Let's just riff. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to talk about right now? Mm. Uh, I think two things. One is love. I think I'm always wanting to talk about love. I'm a hopeless romantic. I love to write poetry. I love to talk about just the, the, the general relationship flow that conventional, traditional relationships go through, how much trauma gets played out in relationships and how uh, much fun it can be to be in a conscious partnership with another person who's aware that they're doing their work through the mirror of you while you're also simultaneously aware so you can go through the pain and the suffering and the pleasure and all of the growth together rather than just having a relationship where you play out your childhood traumas and then you know end up in divorce or end up just in a relationship of so much codependency where no one's really talking about what's happening. So I love to talk about anything in regards to love and like how to move forward in that. I'm specifically calling in a partner right now. I've spent a lot of the last couple of years not really being in a space for someone, kind of forcing some things, learning, and then finally taking the space that I needed. Thank you, 2020, for the deep (laughs) reflective states that you offered and provided as opportunity. But so I love that topic. I think the other thing that I'm really stoked on that feels new, because I'm still like a newish entrepreneur in the sense that I've never, this is my first time I've had my own business. Okay. I've had businesses with exes before or with business partners before, but you know, that was part of that kind of codependency. So this is the first time that I have something that's totally mine and watching everything is shadow work. I mean, you, it doesn't matter what you do. You can use your surroundings. You know, 2020 is a reflection of, of what you already have existing within you that it's bringing out. Same thing with relationships, but also same thing with entrepreneurship and the stories that I have around what it means to be an entrepreneur, what it means to make money, monetize, capitalize, um, and what it means to add value to the collective and, you know, to serve from a place of, truth rather than a place of, I know that the market is really in need of this. And so what I've done is I've marketed to people's pain points and now I'm selling them a product that, um, I'm not even sure if they really need or not, you know, that's not the space that I wanted to be in. And so, um, making six figures in my first year of business is a huge, yes, huge, huge, huge experience for me. One, because up to this last year, I had a lot of shadows around money. Sure. Um, and a lot of those shadows came from my relationship with my dad, his relationship with money, my parents as also entrepreneurs, um, small business owners, and also, you know, the partners that I attracted, the men that I attracted as a, and we can even talk about this today, why I attracted certain men with certain work ethics and how they showed up in the world in order for me to feel safe in a world where, um, I didn't feel safe or understand the conversation around money. 
And so I love being an entrepreneur and completely reframing the way that I choose to do business and how I show up. And the way that I do business is, is pretty much in all the ways that my mentors in the past and other people who have businesses have said like not to do it. Like don't work with your friends and family. Don't hire your friends and family. Um, you know, don't, don't like go and be like really close friends or like let people see your, your vulnerabilities because if those people work for you or with you, like they won't respect you. Like all of that shit is horseshit. Okay. That's not real at all. Now there are components of truth in that as you're on the journey with another person, are you going to see people that catch you in your vulnerabilities, you know, have the energy of like them feeling a little more doubt, not feeling as confident because they're experiencing your lack of confidence. Sure. But the difference would be understanding that that person, as they see you in that moment, in that vulnerable moment, watching you rise over and over again, actually creates what is actual trust rather than the illusion of trust. Like, oh, I trust my boss because he always knows how to show up with big dick energy. But do you trust your boss when you know that like things are falling apart at home and that they're going to be honest with you about what's happening? Otherwise, it's like you trust your boss and everything's fine. And then one day you get you get laid off and you're like, what the fuck? Blindsided. But that person was confident throughout the whole process, you know. And for me, like as an entrepreneur who is just now in the process of hiring people and having, you know, an employee, somebody on my team and learning how to do all that and having the opportunity to really step into leadership in such a different way. And also just question everything everyone has ever told me about business. Um, And also like, you know, the whole thing of like, when you get into entrepreneurship, there's all these people that are like, you got to get residual income. You've got to get residual income. <laughs> and they like drill it into you as if residual income is the only way to be successful. Right. And that's like a whole other thing too. And, and being able to, yes, have multiple streams of income and you know, all, all of the great business advice that's out there. But let's also just talk about what I care about and what most people should care about when it comes to business, which is how do you find your unique ice cream flavor sauce that other people can't get anywhere else in the world. Not because the content isn't good or not because the service isn't good, but because your brand, your personal authentic imprint of it has so much texture around whatever that content or that service is that you're providing Mm. that people are like, this is fucking great. I, not only do I need this product and not only do I like really love the opportunity to even have access to this in a convenient way, but on top of it, the the story and the brand behind where I'm getting this service from, I feel very connected to that. Sure. And that's, you know, that's where I buy a lot of my products from like a lot of my skincare products, you know, they come from like following people on social media and feeling so connected to them and what they share about their story. And like, that's the marketing that I'm looking for is just the authentic, imprint of what other people are selling. Right. And I don't ever buy things from ads unless it's like, if you, okay, this is the one ad and I'm saying this because (laughs) I'm hoping that Google and the FBI hears me and meets my needs. Market to me extra long pants and then give me a link to where to buy them. Cause your girl is six foot tall and I'm tired of Googling extra long pants and ending up with no results. Oh, I love it. You hear Side that? Note. Extra long pants. You hear that <clears throat> government? Extra long pants. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that's what I'm, I feel like that's what I'm passionate about right now. I'm okay. passionate about truth always, truth in relationship and love and truth in 
this new idea of entrepreneurship and, and how I'm going to build and, you know, what I'm going to, how I'm going to monetize and do it through monetizing my, my real gifts and my authentic voice and trusting that, you know, the momentum and leaning forward and, and all of those things that we've already touched on this morning. So I got to eavesdrop on some of your calls last night, which was <laughs> fascinating. Talking about stepping into your power and magnetism. I'd love for you to like trip back through that yeah. piece. Entrepreneurship has definitely been the place where that mirror um, has showed up the most this year. So I already had like a relationship with where I had magnetized friends that I, you know, I woke up one day and was like, how did I get go from having almost no friends to the most magnetic friends that I like would choose out of a handful of people if I really wanted to. And that's one of the things on social media that I get the most engagement with and comments on is just like, you're fucking, you and your friend group look amazing. Like, how do I get in on that? Or how do I get a friend group like that? And, um, so transitioning that into entrepreneurship as well as that same magnetism, how do I build a brand where I am attracting my ideal clients and so many of them that my business is high volume, right? And what happens is when we start these businesses, we pretty much let anybody buy from us. Right, like anybody to make that first sale. Oh, in the beginning, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the sacrifices are real because you will end up, you know, you, and that's that's the thing is like you will attract what you are. Your business is one thousand percent a reflection of you. Your relationship struggles are a thousand percent a reflection of you, and also your other partner. But you know, it's it's always going to be reflecting to you what's going on. And so, in the beginning, you know, you're marketing to everyone because you just need anybody to come in and start buying it. You know, I had that experience at one of the very first retreats I hosted. I had a couple that were attracted to the retreat and I didn't, I didn't really vet them that good because honestly I needed them to fill the spots and I had so many incredible people at that retreat, but those two people, they really like, I did them a disservice because they really didn't need to be at that retreat. And if I had had the, the time and the space and I had a lot of other people that were like, I want to come to your retreat. You know, if I had a list of a hundred people and I could only take 15, I would have vetted every single one of those people. And, and it's not like a judgment game. It's a discernment game. Like, are, are you going to step into this container and add value as somebody who is really open and receptive and ready to step into the, your personal power? Because that's the other people that are that are here. And that's sure. where the, the wave or the pebble effect is going to be the strongest. And I didn't have that luxury at the time or I had stories about how I didn't, you know, or how I had to mm-hmm. make certain profit margins in order to survive or whatever that is. And, you know, that retreat, I remember that having that pain point of just like, <laughs> you could feel that their energy did oh, not fuck. belong there. They could feel it too, you know, like there we had a conversation about it afterwards. Um, whereas the last retreat that we hosted, which you were actually a part of, there was nobody there that wasn't supposed to be there. I mean, it was, right. it was so clear from the moment everyone arrived. And that was because I turned people away. I told people like, Hey, I don't know that this is what you're ready for yet. Here's some other resources that I feel like would be really good for you or, you know, whatever that, that, um, conversation is. And so getting really magnetic. Um, I have a couple clients that, have been just like my ideal clients and my ideal clients are pretty much exactly what I, how I want to show up for others. So I'm not asking for my clients to show up in a way that I don't want to show up for the people that I hire. But my ideal client is someone who not only pays me what I'm worth, but doesn't need a lot from me as far as holding their hand because they are ready to step into their personal power. So they're looking for me to share with them things that they know that they already know and they're just looking for resonance. And when I give it to them, it empowers them. And so then they go the next day and they continue to create more empowerment for themselves and other people. That's my ideal client. Right. Because that's who I am. 
which means I resonate the most with that person and the energy exchange is going to be the cleanest, right? Whereas if I have clients who are like deeply in that state of victimhood and they're not really quite ready for the intensity of my coaching. Cause like, as you know, my coaching is very intense. Like the thing that I am really good at is if you want, you want to take a day to really shake your fucking life up. Right. I'm the person for that. Yeah. We'll spend one day together. And when you go home, things are going to shift inside of you and you're going to need some space to integrate. Yep. I like some of my friends joke that like, they're like, I don't do drugs. Adrian's drugs. Like, you know, <laughs> need to do a psilocybin ceremony. Right. Okay. And that's really cool. And that, that has its benefits. And on the other side is I don't really like to work with clients for a long extended amount of time. I feel sometimes like it can overwhelm them. Sure. They need somebody that can, that can be a little bit more consistent. And that's that's what's so cool about the coaching space is like, there's enough to go around for everybody. There's, there's different types of coaching that really meet people's needs. And I have figured out what, what those needs are that I can meet really well. So I'm no longer compromising and showing up to try to meet needs that like, I don't actually enjoy or that don't also meet my needs. So for me, what looks perfect on a client exchange is having a client who's already attended retreats, workshops of mine, they kind of have a general flow and language so that when I step into a very intimate coaching session with them, it's not like, what does that word mean? Or like, yeah, I kind of have no idea what you're talking about. So I'm in this like super potent container with you and this opportunity to like really expand. And I kind of missing a lot of the things. Right. And, and so for me, um, you know, where I'm at right now is if I want to be magnetic and I truly want to serve and not be in a place of scarcity, when somebody comes in and they're like, Oh, like I'll pay you $10,000 for coaching. It's like, that sounds it, it, What that tells me is you are ready to invest in yourself. Now let's figure out what really is going to be the best investment for you because it doesn't matter if you pay me $10,000 or not. My ideal client is somebody who already has the language, whether you had it on your own and then came to me and said, Hey, here's, here's where I'm at. And here's my understanding and resonance of the world and my experiences. And I'm like, Oh cool. Like that's an alignment with me. We can expand on that. Or somebody who is like, I've already listened to your podcast. You know, I've already done some work in understanding some of this content, getting on the same page. And I really feel called to work with you specifically based on those messages. And then it's like, great. If you're brand new into my community, there's so many free resources that I'm going to offer you. And so that's like offering that value on the front end. So that on the back end, I don't end up with clients who I'm starting with them. I'm holding their hand from point A to point Z. It's like, I already have all these resources that are going to prepare you for this long way. And if in the middle of it, it doesn't resonate with you. Great. You didn't spend any money. Right. You, you can go find, you know, somebody else that's creating content that does resonate with you. And so watching that process and watching, um, how many times in the beginning I almost compromised on my integrity of that. Like I know exactly who my ideal client is and this is who I will take money from. And the other people, I will redirect them to places that feel like they will serve them better. How do you get to that place of integrity? And it's hard. Like it's really hard when you're in scarcity because what I see in the healing community and even with a lot of the people that I've worked with over the last year are now starting to realize, oh, like I'm a healer too. And I want to start a coaching business or I want to start moving in that way. And what I see is they're trying to teach on everything, right? You know, like trying to do everything. And that's for me, I'm getting, I'm actually doing less and less as the time goes on because I'm starting to realize, you know, like I really get that concept, but I have found someone who's more passionate about it than I am. And I feel like they're a better teacher. And so that's one of the things that I'll outsource to. Right. And so then now collaborating and sharing community with other people 
and it's not like I'm not afraid to bring in somebody really dope to teach on a topic that I could teach on and you could pay me to teach on. But the truth is, is if you pay them to teach on it, you're going to get a more passionate and inspired and resonant message. And then that's going to actually add credibility to what I'm doing because I shared that with you and you felt the energy of like, Hey, life's abundant. You should learn from them. Then come back to me when you have other things to learn, because that's more in alignment with what I want to teach rather than no, 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 don't go to them, even though they're going to teach it really good because I need you to be my client because I need you to pay me. And you watch that transition through entrepreneurship. And if you can get really clear on where your energy is at in those moments of like, if you really know that you're really good at something and that you can serve deeply in that space, but you don't have enough room for it because you've said that you would do other things because you're afraid that if you don't, that they will leave you and they'll go somewhere else. That will be what your business is built on. And the energetics of that will be reflected to you everywhere you go. And you will be in a business where you could be like so fulfilled and working 20 hours a week or less crushing it, right? Like coaching a few people. You don't need a lot of people to pay you $10,000. If you had one person to pay you $10,000 a month, one person that was like, this is exactly what I want to learn from you because you're so good at it. Then you're, you know, you're set, you're, you're rocking that six figure thing already right out of the gate. Sure. But if you've got a bunch of people who are like, uh, like sometimes your content's fire. And then other times I can feel that you're not as passionate about what you're talking about. And I paid $10,000 for one. And then I tried to pay $10,000 for the other. And I felt the drop off. Now people start getting really confused about your value. Yeah. And it's not a spoken thing. It's like, that's the other thing like, as a society, we don't really talk about value at that much because it's uncomfortable and, and we're, we're doing this in our, our mastermind right now. The, the topic of our, our whole segment right now about relationships is being really honest about the value add that you are in your friend group and how other people are a value add. It's the same with, with your clients. Like, are you truly a value add to the people that are paying you? And the energetic exchange is I give you my time, my resources that I've accumulated over however long. And it's not a paid by time thing. It's a, the amount of time I put into this and the value and the fact that if you could go get it somewhere else really easily, you wouldn't be reaching out to me. That's what extends the value of it. I know this thing so well, and I'm really passionate about it. I'll teach you about this. And if you need something else, I'm going to refer you out to somewhere that I feel is going to also be in a similar integrity, which is just going to add to your experience as a whole. And it's going to make you feel more abundant because you don't feel like I'm your savior and I'm the only person that can help you. When you have healers that are in the space where they do not want you to learn from other people, you are looking at a deep healer shadow and it's, there's a lot of it, right? There's a ton of it. I've, I've experienced it within my own stuff. You know, that's why I know how to talk about it because I've experienced the shadow sure. of the healer and I don't know a single healer that doesn't have shadows. Everything. I- <laughs> yeah, everything you know, I don't like, trust anything that doesn't have a shadow. No, don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, that conversation actually sparked something in me because I'm not a coach. I'm I'm a podcaster and I own a mortgage company, yeah. but I have people that will call me for the advice or people that will call me to dig deeper on certain things that happened to me driving down here yesterday. Mm-hmm. Conversation sparked some thought in me because I don't mm-hmm. want to like charge my friends to hang out with me, but yeah. like also I do need to be thinking about the energy exchange because I don't want to go into something yeah. and give and give and give and feel depleted because is it a wound of mine that just wants to help these people and give them the tools and resources mm-hmm. they need at the beginning of their journey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, there. it's really saucy. So it's like if you already have a hard time just with any moment, and this always comes back down to boundaries, right? But if yeah. you have a given moment where you're like, you know what? I really like this person a lot and I'm feeling just like a lot of love for them in this moment. Yeah. And I saw something in this shop that reminded me of them and I genuinely just want to give them this thing, right? And your energy is very much like, even if they don't like it, I just want them to know that I was I cared about them. When you give them that gift, they will feel how clean that exchange is. Sure. Because they will feel like, you don't need anything from me, right? 
And it's the same on a bigger scale when it comes to transferring money or transferring any kind of gifts. We all have gifts to share. That's part of what magnetizes you to other people, like their shadows, what like even the gift of you having a shadow that brings out a shadow in me so that I can then see that shadow in myself and heal it. That's a fucking gift. Sure. Right. But where it gets really saucy is where you see like a lot of expectations and attachments and unspoken Mm. things that society has planted. And that's why like entrepreneurship in the conscious world, like conscious leadership is going to have to really shift. And there's going to have to be a lot more language and a lot more conversations of truth. And like it's like uncomfortable, Sure. you know, and it's like. It's like earlier when we went to the coffee shop, right? Like you're staying with me. We're riding my bikes. We're doing all these fun things. We had a great night last night where we danced all night. I threw you off of a bike. And then I also (laughs) bought you coffee. And you were like, no, like I should buy you coffee. And when you were like, no, 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 like I should buy your coffee. I let you know, like, okay, one time I came to Austin and somebody housed me and like took me on all these fucking adventures and bought me lunch. And it was just a rad ass weekend. And that feeling made me feel really good. So really, I just want you to have that feeling. Mm. And that feels really clean because actually it's a gift to me. Like I really want you to have the feeling. So I gave that gift to myself, right? Now, when you get into business and you have friends that are like, they know that you're a value add, but you've never had a conversation about why you're a value add. And so it's almost like it's less about the conversation and more about the fact that there's kind of an elephant in the room, which is that your friends are constantly calling you for advice. And when they call you, one of two things is happening. Either the conversation, there's something around the conversation that compensates you as well. And it feels like an exchange that is like healing. And I don't necessarily mean transactional is what we'll get to whenever there's not an organic exchange. So if you and I are sharing space, naturally there's going to be energy being shared. And without us really like talking about it or not, one person might feel a little bit more depleted. The other person might feel a little bit more energized. And it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the person who's giving more right? Like there's been many times where I've housed somebody and then being in my house has energized me and me wanting to do so many things with them has actually de-energized them. So that's not a, that's not a, like a natural organic, just energy exchange. Sure. So it doesn't necessarily mean that just because someone's doing something for you, like you could have somebody doing something for you and they have a lot of expectations. Like I'm doing all of these really nice things for you. And I expect you to like love me and put up with my shit and like, let me abuse you and like all of these things. And they might not say that or even be aware of it, but you can feel that. And that's why when they do things for you, you kind of like cringe. Yeah. So all of these energetics that you feel with your friends are just deeply amplified in business. Okay. And one of the things I had to get really clear on is as I grow as a value add to society, to myself, really, because that's what, that's what it is. Like as I continue to do more work on myself, show up with more compassion for myself, show up in a safer space for myself, I feel really grounded and I become magnetic to people who are looking to how they can do that for themselves. And so they're not attracted to me for me to do it for them, but to say, Hey, you've kind of figured out this thing for yourself. And I'd really love the language so that I can figure that thing out for myself. Sure. Now, if we're best friends and when we're hanging out together, it's just super organic that you're learning that from me while I'm also learning from you, whatever. And it's just natural. And every time we're together, we both feel like our cup is full and it's great. Sweet. You're probably one of my close five. The five in my circle that I'll spend a lot of my time with and everything's great because it just flows very organically. You don't even have to talk about it. Okay. The next layer of that circle is probably going to be people that for the most part, everything feels kind of like a value exchange, just like naturally, but every once in a while it's not, but you are close enough with that person that you can be like, Hey Jesse, like I really love spending time with you, but, um, 
like yesterday, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about some stuff and I, I don't, like, I don't have a lot of space today. So I'm actually going to, is it cool if we just like separate or something, you know? Sure. And you'd be like, yeah, totally. Like for that person to replenish and not get your feelings hurt or feel feelings of rejection or like, wow, that I'm too much for that person. Like that's your shit. Right. Right. And if you're that person that has that much to where when I tell you, I need space from you, you, you go into all your trauma that's going to make me need to place you a little bit further away because just in my day-to-day flow where I'm trying to show up for myself, you're having this reaction and I'm down to hold space for that. If you want to pay me because it was already a lot of energy before. And now it's even more energy because I'm having to sit with you and and you're going to share like, well, when you put up boundaries, it makes me feel rejected and it brings up this stuff. And it's like, great. Like I would love to be that mirror for you but I'm not going to do that for free because that takes a lot of energy from me. So now all of a sudden you can see how people, you know, can expand outside of your circle. So it's like your inner, you, your inner circle that's around you are people that you're just organically sharing value exchange with. The outside circle of that is people that you're pretty naturally sharing value exchange with. And when you need space from people or when you feel like you've given too much, you feel like you can be in truth that you've given too much and they will respectfully give you your space without Solid boundary discussion. Yeah. Without like just, yeah. you, you can have good boundaries with those people sure. so they can be friends. You can, you can invite them into your house. And then you've got that next layer, which is usually um, you know, going to be like far out peers and probably family, which is people that you really love and you want to spend time with, but you have to have pretty strong physical boundaries with, because there is not a lot of space for like verbal boundaries or energetic Mm -hmm. boundaries, because whatever's happening in that moment where you try to extend that, it causes friction and it causes like weirdness because nobody wants to have a conversation about it. And what's cool is you can continue to be that conversation in that circle, but it has to be a two-way street. And if the other person isn't super receptive, then they stay in there. If they're super receptive to it, that's how you can actually grow those relationships to where you can start to put your mom inside your inner circle, right? Sure. And then you have- You the, can level up if mm-hmm. you're on the outer circle. If yeah. you can get a little bit better with your boundary yeah. discretion, you can creep your way yeah. in. And that typically, that circle right there, which is like the third circle on the outside- for me, and this is just how I visualize it. This is like, not like a real thing that I found in a book or anything. So take it for what you will. But that that's the circle of people who very likely in the beginning of your business will never pay you Okay. because, because they don't understand boundaries. And because at this point you've never fully enforced them, which is why you feel the need to have physical space from them because you don't feel safe in expressing energetic boundaries where you just like kind of pull back and they, they feel that or where you can be like, Hey, like I actually don't appreciate when you talk to me that way without them being like, ah. Like, if somebody like, and they come back at you with something they've been holding on to. Yeah. Like that, that person's like, that's that you, you can tell that you have an enmeshment enough to where it would be tricky to take that person on as a client. Yeah. Right. So that's that layer of people that I find to be really fascinating. Cause that's the, that's the one where things grow and change the most. Sure. Because as you start to show up and as your inner circle and that next layer of circle get thicker and more, you know, dense and you start feeling safer in that, that other circle starts to realize that you're not going to put up with shit and it almost creates a thicker boundary. Mm-hmm. So what you'll see is some of those people will step up and they'll step into the closer inner circle. Some of those people will recognize that they actually do want to pay you, but they will be the people that like in the beginning, <clears throat> I'm like, Hey, I'm going to offer my services for really cheap. Cause I'm trying to figure it out. And they're like, I'm not even going to pay you $30 for anything because I feel like I should get it for free. And I don't understand your value because we're too close and we don't have good boundaries. So when you're trying to go after those people in the beginning of your business, it's just like, it's a no, like I didn't go after those people and I kind of just left everything. And then the next outer circle are the people who genuinely want to spend time with you 
and you've decided that they can absolutely spend time with you if they pay you. <laughs> and, and it's a hard fucking conversation. It makes people really uncomfortable and yeah. very triggered. And I have people who, from my childhood, like we grew up together and we were really good friends. We haven't really talked in the last like five to 10 years. And they're like, I want to come hang out with you in Austin. Like your life looks fucking awesome. And I'm like, you, okay, cool. Like that sounds cool. I have like a lot of friends and I have the people that I would prefer to spend my time with because of the intimate relationships that we've built. And of course I'm open for new friendship, but I have absolutely no idea what you want from me because we've never been able to have like a really upfront exchange or it'll be like, I'd love to come hang out with you. I have so many things I want to talk to you about. Woo. Okay, that sounds like a podcast yeah. <laughs> or a paid coaching session. Right. I have so many things I want to talk to you about. Um, cool. And it's, it is triggering. Like I had, a, I had some guy that, that said something about like, I always see you with the same people. It seems like you're really stuck up. Like I doubt that you, you know, would mm. hang out with us lowly people. And, and first of all, I was just like, what a deep state of projection um, of you being like, hey, your friend group looks really cool. And it seems like you hang out with the same people, which looks like you guys experience a lot of intimacy and you've obviously spend a lot of intentional time together trying to build those friendships. I'd love something like that. Can you tell me how like I can create that? Right? <laughs> I, that would have been a great question and I would have loved to have had that conversation. Sure. But you know, when that person reaches out to me, like that's somebody that I wouldn't even take as a client. So that's mm -hmm. even further out. And that placement is something that isn't really taught. It's, it's like, we feel so guilty. We feel responsible for other people. And we feel like we should give our, our siblings and our parents and our friends free services when they don't even respect what we're doing anyways, which has nothing to do with you being good or bad. It's just like, it's just like the, it's just the way of the world. Yeah. It just is when people grow up with you and they watch your shitty behaviors and your traumas play out, even when they watch you elevate, they still know about your shit. Yes. <laughs> they haven't forgotten. Your 20s still happen. They haven't forgotten when you guys were doing key bumps in the bathroom of like a really shitty club. And now you're a fucking, now you're a fucking personal development coach. Okay. Right? And it's tricky. And just honor that that's the truth of your dynamic. And that when you're trying to sell them a $10,000 service, they're remembering the key bumps yep. and it's okay. You know, like the people who used to do cocaine with me, I don't expect you guys to pay me or fully respect me. <laughs> actually seen a lot of those people come back to a place now where, um, you know, even like my, my close, like in, in my mastermind, you know, I have friends and family who pay me full price to be there. And okay. that's one of the things that I, I don't do. I don't offer discounts for friends. Okay. And I can tell that that does trigger some people. Sure. Um, they'll message me like, Hey, do you have a discount code for this? And, and I'm like, no, I don't because like, honestly, you paying is the bare minimum of the like energetic exchange. You're going to get so much out of it and right. you're going to be glad that you paid full price. Cause it's going to make you feel clean as fuck. If I give you a free service and that service blows your mind and it makes you feel like, Oh my God, this was incredible. And I didn't pay anything for it. It's very seldom that your, your, your whole energy space is going to be like, I feel really good about that. So I'm not going to set you up yeah. to feel like guilty or like, Oh, like I don't even, I can't even fully receive this because I didn't do anything on mm -hmm. my end to make it feel clean. Yeah. So for me, when I hire friends to come speak or to facilitate, I always ask, what do you want to be paid? And it needs to be something that makes you feel really clean to walk away. That if nothing were to happen, if none of my clients decided to be your clients or, you know, if, if we got in a fight on the last day or whatever, right. the things that, that aren't even probably going to happen, how would you feel about, you know, being paid this amount of money? And would you be like, Oh, at least I got paid. I feel really clean about it. And that is that, that relationship where 
the people who can have the conversation and can feel whether it's clean or not and why it's not and have the conversation about how we move into it being more clean. Mm-hmm. Those are people in my inner circle. Yes. The people who are trying to have those conversations, but mm-hmm. they're still kind of like figuring it out. Those are the people right outside my inner circle that I still spend a fuck ton of time with. And sure. I don't mind having those conversations, a little bit of redundancy, a little bit of a little sticky awkwardness. I'm down for it. Mm-hmm. And then right outside of that circle is typically going to be you know, family and peers that you grew up with or the people that, you know, it's, it's constant projection state and it's really hard to, (laughs) to sit in front of them and say, Hey, this is my value without being like, I still feel like I should do something for free for you. (laughs) You know, be aware of that circle in business and, and just let you, your embodiment and like your, your authenticity and your voice that have, that as attracting everyone else, allow them to taste that without feeling like you expect them to purchase from you. Sure. And then that outside circle that's like, I want to hang out with you. Like, you're so cool. I want to hang out with you. Like invite me places. And I'm like, there's not really an energetic value that I get out of you. And that's not because you're not a valuable person. It's because whatever I'm looking for, you're just not hitting that mark. And that's totally fine. So the energetic exchange that I feel really good about is you want something from me. And I think that's great that you found something you want from me. There's nothing that I really want from you right now. So what I'm going to have you do is I'm going to have you pay me money, which is an energetic value exchange because you want something from me. And I, the only thing that I want from you is to have resources so that I can continue building and doing what I'm doing and feel really clean about that process and not feel overextended. You're my favorite. This was, you guys are very lucky getting this content. This was an in life moment with Adrian that I wished I could rewind and I couldn't. And so now I have it forever on a podcast and I can gift it to you. I appreciate. Okay. So a second ago, you brought up your growth and I have been, um, I've had the pleasure of witnessing a lot of your growth. You were a different person four years ago. And I think to anybody, anybody that I'm interested in as a human, they are a very different person than they were four years ago and four months ago. And that's a continuous thing. So it's been cool to watch your growth. One of the things that I think the world is lacking a little bit and is so important to show people. And it's part of the reason this podcast exists as well is radical accountability and radical self-awareness and embodiment. When you're in a position where you have a platform and you have a voice and people are listening to you, one of the things you do better than almost any human I know. And it's one of the reasons I'm in your mastermind. There are not a lot of people on this earth that I will actually listen to mm-hmm. and that I will <clears throat> take advice from. I make it, I guess there's a lot of people, but not in a format and in a container like that, that I trust to hold that container. And you show up so well embodying uh, with, with vulnerability um, in real time kind of learning the lessons in front of people. One thing that I like to talk about is how the the line between student and teacher right now is kind of blurred. We're all learning and we're all teaching and we're all, you know, if we're doing the work, we're learning from each other and we're spending time with those circles Mm -hmm. that we do, you know, feel safe seeing our shadows in Mm -hmm. and learning about ourselves. You do a really good job with this and I'm curious what your philosophy is around that. I think that some of the most healing experiences that I've ever had have been moments where I became so aware of the illusion that I had around something and how the illusion of like, like for instance, I, the, one of the first moments where this really started was when I ignorantly decided to open one of my relationships that had a lot of flaws in it. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If you ever decide to open a relationship, it's because your relationship is thriving and you guys feel like you want to take it to the next level. Okay, that's good advice. And you want to do some shadow work while you're at the next level. (laughs) Um, Right? But what I noticed was I had this experience in a breakup 
with someone who I really, really loved and still really love. This is one of my best friends now. It's my ex. Um, and we had this experience where I, I broke up with him after feeling called for a very long time. And the way that he handled it was the most beautiful I've ever seen anybody handle a breakup, which that alone shook the illusion that I had about when I break up with this person, I'm never going to see them again. I'm going to find out they never really loved me and that their love was conditional upon me being with them and showing up a certain way. And this motherfucker was like, well, thanks for breaking up with me. Um, thank you for your truth. I appreciate you. Do you want to go back to the house and just have a good day? Cause we <laughs> live together. So, and I was just like, what? He's not kicking me out and throwing my shit on the lawn and telling me you never want to see me again. So that was the first moment of like really stepping into vulnerable truth because at the moment, at that time we had a business together, we had a house together. He really kind of ran the show and I was just kind of his sidekick, which is part of why I was really unhappy. Um, but I was very codependent. And so as soon as I broke up with him, it was pretty much like I was saying, Hey, you can kick me out of our whole life and I won't have anywhere to live. I won't have anywhere to work. And I'm, you know, a lot of my value is based around the things that I do for you and feeling validated by like all of that. Cause I have emerging, I have emerging pattern. Right. Um, and you know, that was the first time that I had like a serious illusion burst. And this was like this, this was the first start of one of my deepest heroes journeys that I've, that I've ever been on was, you know, the call to break up with him. And, and when I say break up with him, it was the call to honor our relationship and the truth of where it was when I knew that he wasn't really ready to do that, but I was, and to allow myself to be perceived however someone can perceive you because that has nothing to do with you. That has to do with them. Sure. And to allow love to be what love is and say, if the love was real, it will really be there and it won't matter. And that bursted my illusion about what I believed love was. So that was the first time. The second thing that we went and did is we had an MDMA ceremony together for the very first time. We'd never done it together. And for me, I knew that there was a lot of unspoken things that hadn't been said. And I had, a, I had resentment that I was holding and I fucking knew he did because he was super, had a super avoidant attachment style, which means he's got a whole lot of things <laughs> that he's got to say. And the biggest thing is he needs to feel safe to do so. So for those of you listening that are not familiar with MDMA, um, it is a incredible, like, I don't know that it's really considered a psychoactive medicine, but it's a medicine that pretty much suppresses the part of your brain that is the smoke detector for letting you know that you are in danger. So now this would be a terrible drug to have if you ran into a lion. (laughs) You would want to pet that lion. You want to cuddle that lion. So do this in the safety of your own homes and probably with, you know, a facilitator. Um, but it, it blocks, you know, maybe the hypothalamus or whatever that part of the brain is. Amygdala, your yeah, lizard brain, yeah, it's, your it's like yeah. where PTSD is typically mm-hmm. triggered, right? So the, the body's having a response of like, oh, I'm not safe. So my nervous system starts to fire. And that's when I, you know, become into fight or flight where when you're in this state on this really incredible um, drug that is like a holistic medicine, in, in my opinion, mm-hmm. for this treatment of PTSD, it allows you to feel completely safe. And so what I love about it is it's truth serum yes. and it allows you to feel safe in your truth. And for some people, they've never had that experience ever because their truth was either denied by their parents or they suffered physical abuse because of it, or they have the idea that when their truth is said, they will be abandoned by others. And that's the majority of societies kind of standing with truth. So here we are on this truth serum, this, you know, safe container that we've decided. And that was when I told him I cheated on him. And his response to that was, I get why you did that. 
shit. And that's, you know, really painful. And his response to me was, you know, I've been harboring all this resentment for these things that had happened. And, um, at the time he even had some issues with Ciara, who's like an angel. Nobody has issues with Ciara <laughs> because he felt like she was dragging me to hell and really she was dragging me to my truth. And he, you know, maybe wasn't ready for that, or it just was so disruptive to, to our lives. And he felt like he was holding everything up and he kind of was, I was like, you know what, I'm going to find myself. And at the expense of like, you know, you hold it together. You hold the fake facade together so that we can survive in our business while I go off and I do psychedelics and I learn about myself and I, you know, just do chase sure. the whole, the whole thing. So that was really where a lot of illusions burst. And I remember driving home with this whole idea of how we had, we had this open relationship up before that, that he was not really down for. And I kind of was like, I'm down for this. And he was like, I'm just going to avoid this conversation altogether. And I'm like, cool, I'm going to go get another boyfriend. And it was just, it was such a, it was such a shitty like situation. That's why I have so much respect for him because just the way he held himself in that, he's just a beautiful human. It sounds like it. So beautiful. But I remember driving home and we were coming down and I was like, all the medicine was gone, but we were getting back in the car after like five hours. And all of these illusions had come to the surface of like the truth that he had told me really showed me the illusions that I had had before about when I tell someone I'm going to cheat on them, they're going to feel betrayed. They are going to tell everyone that I am a shitty fucking person. I will be perceived not only by them and my peers as somebody who has no self-control, no discipline, you know, like the stories, Sure. you know, and in a moment, in an instant to have this idea completely fractured and be like that had nothing that had nothing to do with truth and you were just holding on to that and you created an entire reality out of it yeah so (laughs) this happened multiple times over my journey um where i just got to see these illusions really get burst and the same thing in business you know when i started my entrepreneurship it was you know you didn't work you know for for us i didn't really show up in my power in our business and it was like when my ex was watching me create another business he was like what the fuck like if you can't show up in power over here how are you gonna do it over there (laughs) and that was an illusion too was that i wasn't in an environment to put it be in my power right for many reasons at all you know plus like not only that but i had trauma around how I showed up and how I didn't feel enough. And it wasn't even that I couldn't work with him. It was that I needed to separate and to figure out what my independence was on my own. And when that happened, I actually felt so confused about what business was and how I was going to build everything. And, you know, I just couldn't even get clear. My money issues were something I couldn't even talk about. And, and, you know, I just like, it was like, I was a kindergartner that was like, I'm going to build a business and not addressing the fact that I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. Um, and so I flew all the way to Bali. I barely had any money at the time because I'd let all my clientele die off. And I was just like, Oh, like, I just want to be free. I flew to the other side of the world. And when I got there, I met up with my friend, uh, Sarah, who's from Australia. She's a really cool story about, she's just, her, her whole life is amazing. And I remember just watching her every day, go to a coffee shop and just work. And she runs, you know, multiple seven figure businesses. And I'm like, did you used to just like work really hard or like, what is the, and she's like, yeah, I mean, I had seasons, but to be honest, those seasons of me working like really, really hard are not necessarily what makes me successful at all. Like that's just a piece of it. And she's like taught me this whole idea about, you know, just really monetizing on your time and just showing up. And, and what I learned from her is that what she spends the majority of her time doing is working on herself. Like her inner fucking work is so impressive. It's, it's incredible. Her and Joe, her partner, two of my favorite people, like the work that they do on themselves, it's a reflection in their relationship. The relationship is like one of the most beautiful I've ever seen. Her Mm -hmm. business is fucking incredible. And as I'm experiencing her, 
I'm, it's confusing me because I have all these illusions about what it means to have a business and how I have to work, show up every day and I have to wake up at 7 a.m. and I need to get in the gym before this time and these things need to happen and uh-huh. I need to hire these people and I have to make this much money and I need to automate things and do this and, and you know, residual income. And blah, blah, blah. It's, like, <laughs> it's like, whoa, why don't we just talk about the fact that I just it broke the illusion in my brain that I needed to work 60 hours a week. You know, when you first start a business and this is what happened when I was in the restaurant industry is that was my first taste of entrepreneurship was like, maybe Uh I'll start my own restaurant and everyone will tell you if you own a restaurant, you work 80 hours a week. You work in there every single day. Wait, did you start a restaurant? No, I did not. I I just worked in one and I wanted to start one and I was like, yeah, 80 hours a week. No, fuck no. And so being able to have all of those illusions kind of just broken down and like, wait, what do you mean? You know? And, and she's like, I'm like, Oh, I have all these beliefs around money. She's like, yeah, but you just need to figure out like who gave you those beliefs. And I'm like, like, this is such a weird kind of shadow work. So I broke down, you know, my mom, my dad, and then I looked at what are the three memories that I have, the deepest memories I have where money was talked about in a moment or where I remember money. And what are those memories? And like, based on those memories, what are the stories I created about what money is? And so now I'm looking at six of my beliefs around money. Right. And in that moment, I was just like, all of these are illusions, you know, like the idea that in order to have what you want, you really have to break your back and you have to really show up every single day in super hard work. And even then, sometimes the crops don't get rain. The farmers don't have crops and they don't pray. They don't, they don't pay the crop duster. And I watched that. That was my whole belief. And I watched my dad one summer physically fracture his spine from not taking care of himself working too hard. Like he had a fracture in his spine. It was like a whole big deal. So, I mean, as a child having the story of like, you got to physically injure yourself and break your back to work hard. No, thanks. You know what I'll do instead? Unconsciously, I will attract men who do the exact same thing as my dad because I will never break my back, but I don't feel like I'm ever going to have enough. So I'm going to attract a partner that I know is going to physically work so hard that they're willing to break their back and I'll figure out a way to compensate our relationship somehow and we'll never fucking talk about it because it's so uncomfortable. (laughs) Here we go. Here's my relationship with my ex. Okay. And he's like, huh. Okay. Like I feel physically responsible for your physical safety because I know that you don't know how to make money and we never talk about it. And I don't want to bring it up because I don't want to make you feel shame. And I also have my own codependency and blah, 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 whatever. Like that's what I'm talking about is like, that's not your inner circle. Right. You know, right. that's, that's that family circle of people who don't pay you and don't take your advice serious. How does it happen that so many of our close relationships end up with the characteristics of that outer circle? Because I feel like that does show up often as questions coming out of nowhere, but yeah. like where, and, and then you uncover a narrative that it's like, why weren't we at a place where we could have just had this conversation and, and uncovered these things, you know, in real time and not build each other's narratives about them and, and build our own stories. Yeah. And um, so early on in your friendships, mm-hmm. for the most part, you're looking for people to feed the part of your ego that feels, makes you feel safe, powerful, confident, right? So a lot of times early in your like elementary, junior high and high school years, you, these aren't friends that you're doing deep shadow work with. These are friends that are pretty much not feeding your soul's purpose and feeding your ego and like feeling dominating. like you're, you're crushing life. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and that deeply external validation. Uh-huh. And so what happens is over time you have all these unspoken agreements to just continue to feed each other's egos and not mention like, and hold each other accountable or, Hey, that illusion that I see you living in, I want to address that because I feel like 
it matters. And I feel like our life and our friendships and, and where we're going to go in the future is going to be better. Nobody's talking like that in high school. Right. People are like, you're so pretty. Tell me, <laughs> I'm telling you you're pretty because you're going to tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> like, you know, like whatever that is, or, um, you know, the relationships where you, you really need to feel sexy. So you find a guy who's probably a borderline sex addict that nobody talks about it. And like that relationship is like, I love my boyfriend because he wants sex for me so much. And even though that has nothing to do with me, I'm going to continue to allow my ego to believe that it's because I'm so sexually attractive. And then later on in life, when I have a partner who has sexual trauma, I'm going to think that it's personal and I'm going right? to destroy our whole lives. Like that whole, like that whole thing. And you transition out of that. So, so a lot of times that person in that outer circle and your family are the enmeshments and the energetic entanglements of over time, you guys fed each other's egos really well. And then you both got to a point where that no longer really made sense. And you did not know how to have the conversation to transition you from a container of we're constantly feeding each other's egos to a new container of, Hey, I know that this like trauma bond and this very symbiotic relationship that we had going on, my goals for the future are actually to really do my soul's work. And one of the things that I uh, want in my relationships is accountability and, you know, honest conversations and not to just be fed like jewels at the altar, because you think about like a queen who's like so distracted and having just jewels brought to her and compliments brought to her. You're the most beautiful queen in the kingdom that's ever been, you know, like here's a present for you. Here's a present for you. Meanwhile, the people in the streets are starving. You have no fucking idea what's going on in the world around you. Right. And a lot of people live in that. Like a lot of influencers live in that space. Yeah. And that's why they don't feel that purpose. And that's why I have a lot of like, I can see like on social media, a lot of influencers who, who have this huge platform and no, there's no doubt that they want to just share who they are and share, but they feel like their followers only want to see them put makeup on. Yep. That's it. Yep. And you can't do anything else. And so eventually, like, how long can you do that before you are sending out things to a huge audience of people who don't know anything about you? And you're terrified that if they find out one thing about you, it's fucking game over. Right. Illusion, right? right? That's where that illusion is. And mm -hmm. when we're not feeling safe enough to bust the illusion... Now we're just sitting behind that line. And then so many of those illusions and stories that we have. Um, and one of my, my favorite podcasts to talk about this whole thing is Eric Godsey's podcast, Myths That Make Us. Mm -hmm. And it's literally the myths that you have about why your life has to be the way that it is or why it was the way that it was that continue to keep you playing out these conditioning, you know, program responses. Yep. And, you know, giving yourself the opportunity to say, this, I feel very energetically afraid and charged by the idea of this, but I also recognize that that is my trauma showing up and that the story that I have around whatever this is, money, relationships, calling in a new partner, getting my own house, getting you know a new car, it could be anything. I recognize in this moment that the stories that I have around it are very likely an illusion and that I've created those stories based off of the trauma that I've had in my early childhood that gave me a way to see the world, right? If, if I experienced rejection really early on, it doesn't matter if I don't experience, experience rejection ever again, I see the world through the eyes of rejection. So when I go to buy a house as an adult and I don't get approved, immediately that really affirms, oh, yep, like the world's not gonna give you anything, you're not deserving of it, you're feeling rejected, right? And how many times will that come up before your spirit gets crushed and then you just decide, you know what, like maybe a house isn't for me. Right. You know, and like how deeply can you retract back? Whereas if you're like, you know what, I'm going to face this illusion. I'm going to face this part that is like very charging to me. And sure. it's like, oh, this is what I believe, but I don't want to believe this because I don't think this belief is serving to me. 
now I'm going to, I'm going to play with it. I'm going to find resources to kind of pick it apart and untangle it and see where I'm at and, you know, go from there. And if your childhood friendships are not down for that process of like untangling things and then yeah, they're going to stay on that outside circle. And over time, they're going to watch you do that with your life. And one of two things is either going to inspire them. They're going to go do it on their own. You'll be doing it in different places in different you know directions. And then you'll come together one day and you'll be like, wow, this is awesome. I do have friends like that. Sure. Or those people are going to show up in your DMS on your email list, <laughs> you know, in their text message, I need help. Yeah. And in that moment, it's like, you don't owe them anything, right? You already did what was the most serving thing for them and for your friendship, which is to deeply embody your truth, to live it out, to love them from a distance, even though they might not have been able to support it or they didn't want to go with you to do the work on whatever feelings that you had around abandoning them or feeling abandoned by them around, you know, not having them around anymore, um, around the, just all of the feelings that come up when we have to leave another person behind. Right. Or we just, you know, maybe they were just going in separate directions. If you do all that work on yourself, when they come back into your container, the way that you can greet them is like, I, it's such clean energy. I'm not holding any right stuff. I showed up. But if yeah. they say, well, I'm holding a lot of stuff. Your energetic exchange is really clean, but theirs is not. Yep. So how are you going to honor all the work that you did and honor your friendship and honor that you're going to be providing a surface or experience or love or whatever for them. But if you were supposed to do that for every single person you've ever met, there'd be no space. That's why we have resources like money, which is really just an energetic resource of, you know, a bunch of energy pent up. So say you go to work for 40 hours in a week. That's a lot of energy that you expelled. And what you get in return for that is energy in the form of money. This is what your energy is worth. Sure. So as we continue to build, you do all this work on yourself, your energy gets better, more clear, more, you know, all of those things. And therefore the energy that you output has a higher value to people. Sure. And that's not something you decide. That's just like, it's an unspoken thing that you can feel. Right. Right. Like who I was two years ago, couldn't be charging $10,000 for an energy exchange because nobody felt the value of that. Sure. Whereas like now there are people that deeply feel the value of that. And it's like, they know that if they pay me $10,000, it's not even like that money is just a resource for them to get into a place that they know is going to have a tremendous amount of impact on them. And they're going to look back and they're going to be like $10,000 who, right. You know, whatever that experience is. Sure. But I have to feel really replenished in the fact that I'm going to hold a lot of space for you. Plus like all the resources I have to help you untangle things that you, you don't even know you need untangling. Like that's uh-huh. where a lot of people are at is they come to me and they're like, I actually don't know what I need to work on. I don't even like, I know I have a lot of things to work on because my relationship is shit and I'm in a job that I don't <laughs> I really enjoy yeah. and I have a lot of self-sabotage and I have a little bit of depression, but yeah. I don't know how you can help me. And my, my first question is like, let's just have an organic conversation because I'm going to hear in your language all the beliefs that you have around who you are and why things are the way that they are. Right. And as we're in casual conversation, you're going to open up and loosen up a little bit. And I'm going to get to really see in your energy field and also feel exactly what it is that these words really mean to you and the undercurrents of those words. And we taught, we, I taught a lot about undercurrents in our mastermind, which, mm-hmm. you know, is one of my favorite topics. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like being it's able juicy. to, yeah, it's super juicy. And so being able to experience the undercurrents of people will help you understand the placement of people. And like, Hey, I have this friend from back in the day. That's really, really dope and really beautiful. And I want to spend time with them and I'm going to go get coffee with them for an hour. And whatever happens in that hour, I feel really clean about even 
even if I end up coaching them for an hour, Mm -hmm. cool. If that's the space that you're in, don't invite that person to your house for the weekend though, because when they leave, you're going to feel the pain of that. And you're also, that's also a form of self-abandonment where you don't claim the energy that you need for an exchange with someone Uh because you have a poor relationship with what it really means to serve people and what it means for your cup to be full first. So all those things go into the placement thing and into the momentum thing and into entrepreneurship and, and also a reflection of relationships and attracting a partner who is in that same place, right? Like I no longer will attract partners that I feel like I need to fix because the coaching part of me, I have done enough work on to recognize that the energy exchange that I'm looking for, for people who need me to hold a lot of space for them is for that person to be a client. And I'm looking for a partner that we can equally exchange holding space for each other. And we know how to show up in an ebb and flow with like equal energy. Love it. Okay. Before we started the podcast, she handed me a stack of connection cards and told me to look through them and toss her a card at some point in the podcast. So I'm doing that. We are at that point. And I haven't seen this card yet. Okay. Ooh. Ooh, this is a good one. (laughs) What personality trait in others do you have the hardest time with? Well, I'm always going to have the hardest time with the shadow aspects of myself that I refuse to acknowledge and that I have not been able to feel good about. So one of the hardest traits, I'll I'll actually give you two. One of the hardest traits that I'm still integrating that is really relevant for this conversation is when I see somebody who is out of integrity with how they move money. Mm. Uh, So for instance, like if I have people that that are like, wanna collaborate with me or build businesses with me, and I can feel, and this is in my judgment, right? That they're willing to take money from pretty much whoever, or that they're willing to collaborate with people that I do not feel like have integrity just so that they can make money or grow their audience. It's a huge, huge, and I would say that that's not really a personality trait, actually. That's more of like, I mean, there is a shadow in that. The personality of that is like, of not feeling like they have the space and the resources and abundance to get really clear on what they want. And so that lack of integrity is kind of like a blind spot. So when people have those blind spots and those shadows, that's really hard for me. As far as just like a really clear, like personality trait is definitely like avoidance. (laughs) Like somebody who uh, is a little, especially dismissive avoidant. I would say the the personality of somebody who is not super present, doesn't want to like just kind of go in on an experience that is a little bit uncomfortable, but someone who's really avoidant of that discomfort or dismissive of that discomfort, that's really a pet peeve for me. And I I find that to be with like a lot of men when I feel men are avoidant. Like if I start a conversation and I say something that's like a little, you know, uncomfortable and they just like immediately avoid, I'm like, uh, like I immediately make judgments about how we're not going to be able to be friends and like in the future, you know, and then I have to catch myself because sometimes I'll do that to people and then they'll come back around and they're fuck fucking super dope. And they just have a little <laughs> bit of trauma like the rest of us, you know? Right, right. Um, but I would say the the avoidant, you know, personality trait is, is a hard one for me as somebody who's anxious attached. And at this point secure attached where I really just want to have the conversation when, when the it's in the air, yeah. And yes. go ahead and clear it. And I don't need to have the final conversation where we end it right then and there and fix everything in that moment. But if an elephant walks into the room and neither one of us is like, Oh God damn, there's an <laughs> elephant in the room. <laughs> like we don't talk about, we don't have time to talk about the elephant, but I see the elephant. You see the elephant. Here's a time in the future where I'm, I am open and I have the space to talk about this elephant. I want you to know that I'm not going to pretend it's not there. Oh, that's what, that was so good. 
I love that. Okay. One question. Yeah. 2020 right now is a little bit of... It's a little bit of a shit show. It's been an interesting year. It's afforded us a lot of time for self-reflection, potentially brought up a lot of shadows. What is the most consequential thing that you think people can be doing with this time? Yeah, I think what is my favorite thing about 2020 is the reflection of illusions. Mm. The illusion that in order for you to be of value, you need to go into a nine to five job. The illusion of in order for you to make you know, worth of yourself. The economy needs to be high. There needs to be lots of people that are buying. Everybody's got money and you know, whatever that is. Um, I made more money since 2020 started than I ever have. And I didn't plan on monetizing. I didn't buy up. I didn't sell a product that people like, I didn't sell toilet paper or like, you know, home desks or anything that was like specifically for the market of people who cannot go back to work and like who are staying at home. Right. There's a lot of people that made a fuck ton of money. Like yeah. when we were in quarantine, when we were in quarantine, there was this one company that um, is like a milk alternative milk company. And my roommate does their marketing for them. And they made like $60,000 in one day because so many people were ordering alternative milks to be shipped to their home rather than a grocery store, you know? So it's like, okay, whoever has the best marketing is going to get that, that, sure. that piece out there. Sure. Um, yeah, so that was really interesting to watch. But just the illusion of, like, the fact of how much energy you don't actually have that you're giving away every single day and how tired people became um, when they were staying home and also the illusion of, like, how much tra- childhood trauma is actually going on and uh, domestic abuse and how much the school mm-hmm. system actually provides a buffer for that while simultaneously being, like, one of the shittiest school systems <laughs> that we can even fucking provide for our children yes. for education. Right. Like, the illusion that you need to send your kids to school and that that's how they're going to learn and grow and, like, they're uh-huh. going to be learning subjects that are not interesting to them and so then we're going to tell them they have ADHD because they can't pay attention to shit that they shouldn't even be paying attention to <laughs> to begin with. And now, you know what I'm saying? Like, now uh-huh. we're... There's so many illusions of like, oh, fuck, like maybe I can homeschool my kids. And like I had stories around how I would never be able to homeschool. I would never be able to work from home. I would never be able to be productive if I worked from home with my kids. And it's like maybe that stuff is true, but you never really knew because you never took the time to try it out. And so 2020 came and it was just such an illusion. Like I can't make money or I can't become an entrepreneur right now. The economy's down. I can't buy a house now because the economy is down. The economy is going to crash. Like all the illusions that we have about what the real world used to be and what was acceptable. And then the racism stuff came in. Racism isn't real anymore, right? Like people are saying that. And then all of a sudden it's like, there's a lot of shit going on. And mm-hmm. then all the illusions of the fucking political system. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh. this gave us a front row seat <laughs> mm-hmm. where social media and the mainstream media, also the illusion of the mainstream media, never been talked about so publicly. At this point, it would be shocking to me if at least 75% of our society in the United States doesn't realize that they can't trust the media. And before it was like, I feel like it was a lot less than that. It was like maybe 25%. Sure. You know, maybe or they would have that. their trusted institutions that mm-hmm. they at least like felt were going to give them unbiased information. And now yeah. I think they've all kind of broken down and yeah. we see that. And, yeah. and then the illusions of like everything that people say about what, what the COVID is mm-hmm. and then the illusions of what people say about, you know, how the, what the vaccine is and the numbers and the numbers never really fully adding up. And, yeah. and that doesn't mean that the numbers aren't real in some places, which is right. really tricky because there's truth in everything and, and there's the fucking lies in everything. Yeah. Like, and, and anybody who's like, there's no lies. 
lies over here yeah. or there's no truths over here. You are living in the illusion because everything has a shadow side. Everything that's going on in the world that's being reflected to us is showing us the vastness and the capabilities of what it is like to be in the human experience that you can both be in truth and be lying to yourself at the same time. And there's <laughs> and a million, probably are. And you probably yeah. are. A million varying degrees in between. I love the aspect of that. I love this hearing the stories about why people can't do what I'm doing because of 2020, but they could have done it a year ago. They just didn't, but it's not true, you know, and why people are like, you know, I can't, I couldn't, I can't get a job. I can't do this. I can't do that. And, um, and again, there's definitely some truth to that. Like definitely, you know, if you're trying to get a job at a restaurant right now, it's probably going to be harder because sure. there's less people going, you know, if right. you're trying to work in any kind of, you know, event spaces, like I, you know, my entire business, that's why I built my mastermind. I have a retreat business or in-person experiences right. that I'm trying to grow and travel and for more than 20 people, right? <laughs> yeah. Travel, all that stuff. Yeah. So I had a retreat business that went from not yet making any money during 2020 to making over six figures. Yeah. And all of that was because I just gave myself, you know, the opportunity to see the illusions and not identify with them, but just allow myself to recognize that I'm living in some of them. I'm aware that there are stories. I'm aware that some of it might actually be truth, that there might be components of what's going on in the world that are debilitating for sure. sure. You know, if you break your leg and then you're like, nope, fine. Like, no, it's not debilitating <laughs> at all. There's nothing that I'm missing. I feel great. Like that there's the other illusion, right? It's like the overly optimistic person who's not addressing like the actual reality of the situation bypass. that's going on. Yeah. yeah the, just bypass on either side. Yeah. Um, so that's what I would say my answer would be. I love it. Where can, where can we find you? Where can people find you? Mostly on Instagram. I okay. keep everything there. So it's just my first and last name, um, at Adrian Ellison, the, my website is the alpasproject.com. Alpas is A L P A S. It means becoming free. And for the most part, like I do a lot of things through social media and through email. So you can find me through my Instagram page. You can find my email through my Instagram page and my, my website through my Instagram page. Everything is going to be in the link in my bio. That podcast she was talking about with Eric Godsey also is fire. So mm-hmm. check that out. Look that up. I'll obviously link to her information. And I recently attended one of her retreats. I think we talked about that a minute ago. And I'm picky about those containers. And I think everybody should be picky about the retreats they go on. I mean, it's a very intuitive decision. The wrong energy can definitely buffer your experience and your ability to be vulnerable and grow in those spaces that afford a really unique opportunity to grow very quickly. And fire so if you guys are looking for a retreat would definitely check out the Alpha's project and not a corporate retreat we don't do no it's not corporate style it's much more intimate it's definitely more of like an authentic raw kind of feel it's really beautiful still high in experience but if you're looking for like an all-inclusive yoga at 6 a.m every morning what you're doing every 15 fucking minutes yeah no that's not that's not me um i build pretty much the exact experience that i would want to have in my raw authentic form to give myself space to express myself and to dive deep with others and then i just invite other people to the experience check them out fucking thank you thank you for the hospitality (laughs) thank you for being on the podcast thank you for the rave dungeon you're rad yeah same to you okay thanks guys Wow. Wow is right, except (laughs) that I haven't listened to it yet. But I will tell you right now, I know Jess and I know Adrian and I know that it's going to be freaking phenomenal.
But some of the things that I know I'm going to like about it, I'm going to predict that I'm going to really like the inner circle thing. Yeah, someone needs to make her graphic of that. That is super cool. I can't wait to hear the details of that. Yeah, I'm glad you guys have that so you can rewind it. I think I've said that like four times on the podcast, yeah. but life doesn't have a DVR. Right. And so you can't just rewind it, but now you guys can. And so you're welcome. Yeah. I'm super stoked about this one. Adrian's awesome. Go check out her work. Yeah. And if you're looking for a solid retreat, hit up the Alpus Project. Rewarding container that'll afford you quite a bit of growth. It is not always painless, but well Well, worth it. Oh, and I'll just point out, I think you might have talked a little bit about that, but be very prescriptive in what you ask the universe for. So as you're starting to, if you're starting to build your inner circle or you're starting to build out your love life or manifesting the people in it... Be very prescriptive. Yeah, learn the language. Don't ask to heal your inner child all at once. (laughs) It's a bad move. Don't accidentally manifest a bunch of rich dudes either. No. They're probably going to be dicks. I would guess. (laughs) These are stories for future podcasts. All right, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Adios. See you soon. Bye.